Hey, so here's what we're going to talk about. Zach's actually on hold. And he and I were just doing a little pre-show prep. The first time I've heard him say this about uh, the figurehead Biden. He goes, and he's always wanted to beat him in elections. Understand that. Uh, But he said, it looks like a full-blown push to take over the means of production. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times to which God has decided we shall live. Familiar Risk Radio, Boer Capital Management, my friend and my brother. show wouldn't be where it is without him. Zach Abraham joins us in the Todd Herman Show. Zach, welcome back. Always good to be here, my friend. And that was quite a little intro you gave when we were talking uh, pre-show discussion. So I was saying that the figureheads wants to give $8 billion of our money to South Africa to shut down their coal plants. <laughs> uh, so with energy prices going up, the thing you want to do is make sure there's less energy available. That's that's Economics 101. That's how you bring prices down. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so men are having babies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got 105 different genders now. I'm probably missing a few. Yep. Um, and the way to bring energy prices down is to cut off production of the things that produce energy. Yes, you've got it. Todd. <laughs> uh, I did a show this week uh, inspired by the great Chris Bray on Substack, who reminded me of the Ash Line experiment. And I've used that metaphor before. You, you remember this experiment where they bring these uh, young people into a room. They think the experiments about their perception of the length of a line. Um, and everybody, the four, no, uh, yeah, five people are actors. One guy is a real guy. And so the actors eventually start obviously picking the line that is obviously the shortest. And the guy who's actually there in the experiment, one of the guys just gives in right away. goes, Oh, okay. Uh, two shortest. And another guy says, what are you talking about? You're crazy. You're crazy people. That's not the shortest line, but he even, even he gives in after a while. So that's that's the situation we live in. We're in an ash line experiment, like you were just talking about with all those things that aren't true. Uh, but what caused you to come in so hot today? You don't normally swoop in hot saying it's a full blown push to, to take over the means of production. Well, remember how I said um, when we were talking about how to deal with this on the investment side and yeah. how I was saying that when you're up against a body that controls both the supply of money and the price of money, yeah. which is what the U S government does via the fed. Um, <clears throat> when I start looking at the world, especially as they pursue this green energy pursuit, like, like I've said um, to us from where we're sitting here today and we could be wrong, but I, I keep, testing it and looking at it from 18 different million different directions. And it's what I keep coming back to is that if you are a believer that what you see going on is not economically sustainable, is not financially sustainable, and that this is insanity, then, you know, when we, when, when we in money management or uh, stock traders, when we come to that 
you know, to that point, the next thing in our minds is, okay, how do we take advantage of this, right? How do we bet against this, the inevitability of the breakdown of this thing, whatever it is. In this case, when you look at it, like I've said, to me, the ultimate way to short all of this insanity is to go long commodities. Now, and I still believe that is the case, but we are not up against, I'm going to, I'm going to set Biden aside from this, but we, we are not up against mentally incapable people in terms of what they want to do. I think especially what has occurred in energy markets over the last year has probably woken them up to a certain degree regarding what they can and can't get away with. And now all of the sudden, this is the second day in a row I've been I've had my hands full today. So I, I haven't seen that that the data point that you put about the 8 billion going to South Africa for coal, but it makes perfect sense because the administration released something. I want to say it was either, I think it was on Monday uh, where they were talking about, they are going to be active investors in an amorphous. They haven't, they haven't said what exactly the vehicle is or how they're going to go about doing it, but in an amorphous yet to be announced vehicle that they are going to be investing in quote unquote investing in the production of certain commodities, and they mentioned rare earth materials by name, the types of materials that you're going to need to uh, for electric vehicles and things of this nature. Um, so then you tell me about South Africa and coal. Um, if they can't control the production of commodities, they won't be able to control the price and effectively shoehorn everybody into the small chute that they want them in, right? Yeah. Um I do not think this will work. I think what they are going to do is they these actions are going to be pro- provide even more upward pressure on those commodities. I think that it is going to end up um, stretching, if not deeply damaging or eliminating some of the alliances that we have. Because once again, I think they're looking at it through the lens a very um, uh, home market biased way. I think they're looking at it through the lens of of um, of America. And it, like, for instance, if you take coal away from South Africa, you're going to need a heck of a lot more than eight billion to fill in that hole, right? Yeah. And so, what are, what is mostly like what is most likely going to happen in these in these uh, areas where they try to do this? They'll take the money. And then they won't follow through, right? They'll keep producing their own commodities anyway. But, but, but the figurehead and his folks, they're going to give it a run. And, and the reason I made that comment, right? Marx talked about this a lot in the Communist Manifesto that in order to make this, you know, uh, uh, economic utopia where everybody wins, you, you must, the, the government, i.e., the people must control the means of production. Yep. And, and so what it tells me is that they at least, see what we see now. I think they realize the hole in their plan and uh, they're, they're tacking aggressively that way. Now they're going to, have you ever noticed that their solutions never involved increased freedom? No, right. It's always, it's a doubling down. Right. And let's, let's talk about that because I concur with you. And I, I, and I like what you said about, we're not, you know, we're we're not battling mentally incapable people. And I just want to remind everybody, in fact, we're not battling people. You know, our our war is not against uh, human beings. It's against uh, spirits and principalities that uh, are in the spirit world. We'll continue with Zach Abraham. I um, I was talking to someone the other day about, oh, it's it's my loved one who's been on the uh, Soda Weight Loss Program. 
and she and I are having dinner tomorrow night. And um, so we not, we were talking about um, her coming off the plan. And this happens. And I was so proud of her the way she said this uh, because I'm in a fat loss cycle. I told you guys that, right? Um, and I, I'm not going to state my goal publicly, but it's, it's a pretty aggressive goal of where I want to get by the end of, of next year. Uh, I may decide to say that, but she, she screwed up her eating. So the way she said, she said, I wrenched my eating the last week. I need to get back on this. I'm going to tell you something about any weight loss program, fat loss program. If they don't tell you you're at some time you might slip. And when you do, here's how to get back on. There is a way to do this. And what happens a lot of times, and you might be in this cycle right now where you lost a bunch of fat, then you went off the program and you're like, man, I don't want to have to start all over. You, you, you didn't have the right program or they didn't explain it to you the right way. Soda weight loss will prep you for those times when you come off the program. That's the, another reason why it's not a great idea to put it off. I know about New Year's resolutions. And in fact, this year, we're going to make some as a family. My wife and I were talking about that. But putting it off is simply putting on fat. So soda weight loss will prepare you for the eventuality of being human. Human beings sometimes screw up. And that's part of a successful weight loss, fat loss journey is knowing that when you screw up, there's a way to mitigate the harm. Part of this to admit that you screwed up and to not hide it. That's one of the things with the accountability discussions with your nutritionists and your weigh-ins because, hey, that stuff doesn't hide. It's SotaWeightLoss.com, S-O-T-A WeightLoss.com. It stands for state-of-the-art. So, Zach, I, uh, you know my, my, my theories. I mean, we've, I don't want to belabor it too much because I think my listeners now, the, the podcast family gets this, that number one, it's not chaos. It's the not chaos theory. When it's chaos is the result of ineptitude or, or hurrying, which can create and you know the effects of ineptitude. We're not seeing chaos. And again, on the top, we've got very smart, very scheming human beings. Uh, on the bottom, we've got functionaries like um, you know Gavin Newsom's a functionary, and people like that are functionaries. Fauci is is a bit of a functionary, uh, and in the middle is us. We're squoes, as it were, in the middle between this stuff. So top down, bottom up, squeeze the middle, and everything you're talking about is going on in every aspect of society is a tearing apart. It is a destructuring. It is an incentive to not do well. Your dictator in the state of Washington just announced that he's going to have illegal immigrants onto the Obamacare plan in your state. And he's, he's broadcasting that. That is a tearing down of the finances. That yeah. is the same states that, that have announced, we're going to fly you in for abortions, right? And your senator, Patty Murray, is saying, we're going to fly women around the country for the cost of 500 million bucks a year to have abortions since the feds aren't supposed to do abortions. Oh, we'll just do the airplane tickets. It's a tearing down. It's letting the cities fall. It's letting our dollar, you know, I mean, it's, it's letting our, our, our inflation go up. All of it is purposeful. So then when I see them going and shutting down the means of production, bribing people to not be productive on a global basis, that's another way of taking over the means of production. Because if they corner that rare earth thing, and it's, that goes beyond electric cars, Zach, because now we're hearing about this fusion invention where they have now created energy that was greater than that which created it which is a phenomenal advance. It's been 80 years in the making. Um, it's different than nuclear because it doesn't create a lot of the waste. 
They're sitting on that stuff now. So what happens? What happens if they succeed in this and they actually corner the market on rare earths? What what does that affect in terms of our pocketbooks? Well, I mean, here's the. I I think we're we're spitballing a little bit, but here's what you know: every time this has ever been done through history, it creates the exact opposite of the desired effect. Yeah. Right. And it's because. If you've ever run, it's why I laughed, you know, out loud. These people aren't stupid, but they're incredibly foolish, right? Um, there, there's no wisdom there. They're, they're arrogant. They're, 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 they're yeah, totally. It's, it's hubris and it's arrogance and it's it's those things combined. They're terrible. Arrogance and ignorance. In this case, right. it's arrogance and hubris. Right. No, I agree the hundred percent. And and anytime you've been around, and I've been at, I've grown up in the industry and been around several of them. Um, Producing commodities at a profit is very hard to do, and it, it, it requires a constant eye on your cost. It requires constant adjustments. It requires – you're dealing with all of the elements. You're dealing with all the cost of energy and the volatility of those costs. I mean, it's, it's very intense. Um, it is tough for companies – that are run by people that have done nothing other than that their entire careers. It's tough enough for them to produce those goods at a reasonable cost. The idea that bureaucrats are going to do that is a complete joke, right? So you go down the line further, and I think you can look at Atlas Shrugged for kind of an idea, right? What what you what this will end up in is supply shortages, massive inflation in certain goods, random goods across the board, but. I don't even think that those people look at those things as constraints because if their actions cause goods to go up in price to a point where the average person cannot buy them, then the government will subsidize those goods, giving them another lever of control, right? So I don't even really think they're worried about that right now. What they are doing is they are pushing our monetary and financial system to the absolute limits and they're trying to take it all over. Um, and, and you know, I've heard a lot of people saying that, but when the minute I started seeing this come out, and it comes out in waves, right? You, you were doing the South Africa thing. Two days ago, they were talking about how they're going to start making foreign investments in rare earths and things like this. They recognize what what we've been talking about, which I think that they've recognized – you know, think about a football team. They've recognized the deficiency in their defensive front. They've realized that there's a hole there, and they're going to try to cover it up. Um, as it relates to the to the, the that energy breakthrough that you're talking about, um, I got to dig into that a little bit more because I don't fully believe them. Same. I think it. Yeah, I, the, the timing of this is too interesting to me. Um, the fact it was b- announced by the Department of Energy. Yep. I don't think that the Department of Energy is going to be the ones that make those breakthroughs because that's not where the smartest people are. Um, I just, I, I, my whole point on this, I'm not saying it's a lie. My whole point is I got to sit back and you got to prove it to me. I just don't buy it. Not on the face of it. Well, well the, there's been for years, um, there were people touting an experiment where they created, um, th- what they did is they caused, um, proteins to build they you know what they did is they created an ambiotic soup and then they said oh okay so all you all you people who focus on the lack of the the insane probability uh unlikely probability that life came about but you know at random sequences so what we're going to do is we're going to show you that we can create a chain of amino acids the same way it happened in evolution and this came out of the university of chicago and it was this huge paper and oh look what we did 
you know, we, we, here's the ambiotic soup and look, look, there's, here's a seven chain or whatever. I don't remember the specific number of aminos in the chain, but like a seven chain amino, it would create a protein sufficient to, to work in your fingernail. So it wouldn't have to be a particularly, you know, a useful protein, not that fingernails aren't useful, but it's not like a heart cell. And this got touted and they were geniuses and it's like cold fission and or cold fusion. And okay, but you want to know what they did is they took the exact right temperature they took the exact right mix of ingredients. They put it in with the exact right electrical charge that would exactly cause all that stuff to bind. And then they came and said, look, we made life. And, and it's like, okay, but, but guess what? When that happens and when God was creating the world, there were no labs. There was no AC power. Uh, you didn't open up a test tube of sodium and combine. It did. You didn't create anything. Right. So that's why I doubt um, this this fusion thing. It'd be great if they actually did that. But then I see Jennifer Granholm saying this is going to be more equitable. It's going to it's it's going to solve racism. I'm like, yeah, this seems really really interestingly timed. Um, and then uh, we got it. We got to talk about this because it's such such big news. Did you hear Bankman Freed? You know, he got arrested. He's, he was in the Bahamas. He got popped. I'm seeing this. This is really interesting. I'm seeing the feds say that, oh, this jail he's in, it's rat infested and dark and there's bugs. And oh, why? Why is this leaking out? Because they want us to know, oh, he's being punished. He's, he's in a bad, but maybe he is. But I think they only. I think they only arrested him so he didn't have to go to the uh, the hearings in front of Congress. Well, I think that's probably right. Yeah, they, this was a bait and switch. Right, they don't want him talking, and no. this kid doesn't want to shut up because he thinks he can talk his way out of this. And he came out and said that he didn't mean to defraud anybody. He didn't mean to commit fraud. I'm 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 so sorry, but if you told people everything in here is going to be backed up. We're not going to invest your money. We're not going to take it and loan it. And then you take it and you loan it to yourself with no, with no security, with no collateral. You know you're committing fraud. Yeah, the minute he moved – listen, the minute he took funds from one account and moved them to Alameda, the, the research thing, that's fraud. I mean, that's fraud. If I did that to a single client account, if I took a 20 spot out of Sylvia Lewis's account and moved it somewhere else, regardless what the purpose is, without her consent, I'm getting my license yanked. I mean, that's commingling of client funds. That's moving to client funds. So just that. I mean, like we, we don't even have to go down the deal of billion-dollar promissory notes that he wrote to himself. Yeah. You, the other thing that's going to be really interesting to find out is that I, I – now, we'll wait till the accounting comes out and, the, and, and that whole thing. Um, I, I don't think he made any contributions to politicians. I think his clients did. I think that was just client money, right? That he was giving away to the politicians. And I thought it was really interesting how in the presser the other day, they asked him if, you know, if we find out this is fraudulent, will the DNC and the Biden administration give back the, uh, the, the donations? And, uh, (laughs) she just sidestepped the question. She wouldn't answer it. Oh yeah. And then there's this, there is the amount of illegal campaign donations. And this is in multiple news sources. Epic times is on this. The amount of illegal campaign donations that Sam Bankman fried made. Remember that Dinesh D'Souza went to prison for $30,000 
over commitment. Let's talk right. about that in a second. In the amount of money that Bankman Fried is accused of illegally donating. And by the way, it takes two to have an illegal donation because I get you, I, I guarantee people were overmaxed. So we're, I know that we're super, super close to Christmas and the blessed day where we celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus. And thank you, Father God, for, for, for humbling yourself and for being born in a barn and not giving yourself any advantages in life. And thank you for knowing what it is to, to spend time as the least of these. And there is a young man named Alan who is the chief soap officer of Alan Soaps. And it would be tempting to see Alan as the least of these. Um, he is so fortunate to have good parents who said, number one, no, we're not going to abort our son. Yeah, we know he's going to have health problems. We see that. We, we see what you're showing us. Uh, number two, when he came out and it turned out they had severe autism and c- was probably never going to form complete sentences ever. No, we're not going to put him in an institution. He's our boy. And no, you know what? He's not going to be stored. He's going to work. We're going to build a company around him. So they chose soap. Why? Because it's not going anywhere. Then they found a, a, a family. They came over from the old country, and they've been here for three generations. But from the old country, they brought the expertise in making soap. So that's Alan Soaps. And so what's Alan do? He helps invent soaps. So if you have friends whose kids are special needs, get to alansoaps.com slash Todd. Get them some soap and tell them the story that this young man is the chief soap officer and he legitimately works there every single day and he loves it. If you've got people who are pro-life activists in your life, there is no better gift to send them soap that comes from a company that is showing the big leaguers, hey, how come we can work with people like Alan and you can't? that is saying it's not it's 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 our honor to do this and i will put the soap up against any soap it's all natural it's made in america alan's skin is so innately sensitive because of his health concerns that he can't handle anything that's harsh in any way and the scents the fragrances are so utterly unique and they come from the mind of a young man who can't speak sentences but he can speak through the artwork of scents of soap like cedarwood jasmine watermelon basil um, Applewood. You'll not get them anywhere else. Get 10% off everything. Allensoaps.com slash Todd. Allensoaps.com slash Todd. So uh, Bankman Freed, Zach, is accused of making um, a couple hundred million dollars in illegal campaign donations. And that means when you get an overmax, when you're a politician or a pack and someone overmaxes, like they overpay, you are supposed to turn that around immediately. And number one, report it. Number two, send it back. It's going to be fascinating to see how many people did not send that back. Uh, well, they're on the right side. It's history is written by the victors, right? If you're right. on the right side of it, the rules don't apply to you. Right. What would you ask, Freed, if you got a chance to sit him down? What would you ask him? Because I know, I know how my cross-examination would begin. I, I, I know exactly how I'd begin with the young man. Well... I I would focus my questions virtually solely around uh, the political contributions and the proposed legislation that he was pushing. And I would need some time and I didn't do it on this. I I obviously didn't do it before this show, but I would need some time to triangulate it. and, And because there's enough there where 
I, I mean, look, you're trying to push through this piece of legislation during the same two year period of time that you made hundreds of millions of political contributions. Okay. You can tell me all you want that those two are not correlated in some way, shape right. or form. Right. Uh, I, I got a bridge to sell you somewhere. And so um, the other thing I would be hitting on is why is it so consistently, or, I mean, I know you spread the money around a little bit, but to me, it sort of looked like the way a really liberal corporation spreads money around, right? They make the, they make the pile of their donations to their favorites and then they hedge their bets, yep. right? That's what it appears to me that yep. he was doing. Um, and, and, you know, to his point, I, or, or what I would try to get at is that union. And I, and if I just sit back and look at his actions, I think he's a pretty sharp fraudster in terms of the strategy. I think the way that he implemented it, I, it's weird to be talking about if you did a good job with fraud or not. But but if you're going to go at if you're going to go after it the way he was, I, I think it's pretty shrewd. Right. Get in for a pound of flesh with the people that, you know, don't have any ethics or any morals and that are will take your money because ends justify the means, right? Uh, they're rules for thee and not for me. And uh, it all seems to make perfect sense to me. And the funny thing is, is had he been able to extend this out another six to 12 months and that legislation would have passed, he might be in the clear right now. Yeah. Um, and the legislation, so everyone remembers, was that he would be the one financial institution in, in crypto not audited. Yeah. Yeah. Basically built like a regulatory mode around himself. And the funny thing is, as well, that Maxine Waters that was blowing him kisses and all the those politicians are uniquely positioned to have insight. Isn't she isn't Maxine Waters on the uh, she, she's, bank, on, yeah, she's in the uh, House Banking Committee. In fact, I think she she heads it until the Republicans take over. Right. 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 And she had her own bank and her husband had a bank and her daughter. Were, uh, it's so unbelievably dirty. If I were to sit with Bankman Freed, I would I would go through discovery. I would get the first time we could actually isolate movement from one account to another. And I would say, Mr. Freed, I draw your attention to exhibit A. And sir, do you recognize this? Uh, not really. <laughs> okay, let me tell you. Here's what it says. Can you read it to the court? Uh, it says uh, transfer this money from here to there. Did you do that? Oh, it looks like it was completed. After that, did you stop? Because this was taking money from one account where and in another without the, the permission of the investor, without the right. permission of the customer. Um, so you at this point had misappropriated funds. At this point, did you stop, sir? And then I would go to the next one. So this is number two. You did it a second time. At this point, did you stop, sir? Or did you continue to misappropriate funds? And you'd have this list. And I would have a massive list of these ready to go. And the defense counsel would say, uh, we stipulate that there has been movement of these funds. We, you know, you don't have to go through the whole list and I would drop the list so everybody could see it. So you stipulate that your client and I'd hold the list up as tall as I am above my head. You stipulate that your client did this, this many times misappropriated funds, I would which do is that a guilty plea. And it's a, that's a guilty plea, right? Right. I mean, essentially at that point, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Like with these fraud deals, you know, you go back, look at Enron, right? The smartest guys in the world. Right. They, techni they technically did not break the law. 
if you go back and look at it, technically they didn't. They, they were in, in adherence to accounting standards. Now, where they got pinched, and rightfully so in my opinion, is despite the fact that they were – they were by the book in terms of accounting laws. The way that they use those accounting laws was purposefully to obfuscate the truth and to shroud what was going on. Right. So that, so they deserve to be called guilty for fraud with Bankman Freed. It's it, it. I mean, he used QuickBooks for God's sake. Right. It wasn't like he was masterminding this with Arthur Anderson. Right. I mean, it, it so the, the paper trail is, is very, very plain and simple. And then that's where I, I, I love your, your attack on it because I think the next – here's the sad part about it. The way it should be, in my opinion, the way – especially when you consider the political donations, and just bear with me when I say this, all of those political donations, if they were done with client funds, and I don't see any way they weren't, they are all subject to clawbacks, right? So what I would do is I would go in there and say, all right, young man, here's what you're facing. Unless you can give me people, unless you sing like a bloody canary, you're going to do 100 years in prison. Okay. So now, and the people go, well, you're going to let them off the hook for client damages. My guess is through clawback laws, you could probably get some, and I don't know the numbers, but you could probably recover somewhere between 60 to 70% of the funds would be my belief just through clawback provisions. Cause look at who he paid the money to. He, all, a lot of that money went to rich, powerful people anyway. Right. So they can pay it back. Kevin O'Leary, he should have to pay it back. Tom Brady, Giselle, they should have to pay it back. All the politicians, all the political contributions pay it back. So then you can sit there and say, no, no, we're not letting him off the hook. We're going to get these clients the max amount of money they can get back. But I want to get down to the I want to get down to brass tacks. Who and why were you making these political donations? And unless you give us meat, unless you give us something, uh, but they clearly like that's, you know, me talking about that is the equivalent of me saying that someone's about ready to blow open the Epstein story. Right. It ain't going to happen. Yeah, I don't know if you um, know this, but but, you know, he sadly uh, committed suicide. And we know that because the cameras were off and the guards were asleep uh, and the suicide watch was stopped. And, and so we just know. Well, he fought, yeah, he fell down a flight of stairs and <laughs> shot him, shot himself in the back of the head three right, times. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was, well, I refer to that as being suicided. Yes. Right. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, yeah. So when we continue, I want to talk to you about this. Um, it's something that you and I have touched on, but I don't know that we export it. It's the navigating the morality of, of, of an investment world that's so rigged up with the Styers and the Black Rocks and, um, I mean, Vanguard. Gosh, you know what? Um, before I put my money over with you, I, I had Vanguard stuff. And yeah. I didn't understand how mobbed up and nasty they are. I want to talk about that. I also want to plant this thought in your head. Um, if you were to start, like if you had to just start over, and you couldn't do a financial business, what would you do? If you had to start from scratch, you and your wife, God forbid, I know this isn't going to happen, but it's just a thought experiment. What business would you get in? One of my favorite old talk show hosts, I shouldn't say old, but I mean, he's an older guy. Uh, God rest him. Bruce Williams used to say, give me a kiddo, give me a flatbed truck. I'll make $100,000 a year in the first year. So we'll talk about that. I just got my bone frog coffee. Guess what I got me? I got a, a a limited blend. It's the Navy SEAL Museum blend, and it is cool looking. Now, I haven't had that coffee, but I know because bonefrog.us, I know Dave Stewart, a 50-year, 50 years coffee legend. Uh, he advises my friend Tim Cruikshank, a 25-year Navy veteran, Navy SEAL. 
He advises Tim on roasts, and in fact, Dave does some of the roasts for him. And it is such a cool-looking thing. I've got Sons of Valor sitting out there. We didn't get Zenfrog this time because newsflash, Zenfrog now is decaf. If you've been jonesing to try the frog, but you don't drink caffeine, Zenfrog is now decaf. And incidentally, it's done with the Swiss water process. So here's what this means. It doesn't have that nasty chemical taste that decaf coffee from the Denny's does. Not that I've ever had decaf coffee from the Denny's, but I'm guessing it's not the best. I hop that like, you get what I'm saying. And in case you're panicking, saying, wait, wait, what about Zen frog for caffeine? Dig this. There's a, there's something called door kicker. And I was talking to a friend of mine. Well, I was talking to my friend we had on the show this week, Mike, um, it's called the cone of death, uh, or the triangle of destruction. The door kicker honors seals who in urban warfare, door to door, went up and kicked the door down. What's behind it? 15 terrorists. IED, missile, guns, bomb. Well, you're about to find out because I'm about to kick in the door. It's called Door Kicker. It has the highest amount of caffeine of any bone frog coffee. If you have tried the coffee and you loved it, subscribe. Make this the year we push bone frog over the top. God Country Team, bonefrog.us. You will get 5% off a subscription there for the rest of your life. Bonefrog.us. If you've not yet tried the coffee, make it the time. And if you're subscribed, how about... How about a brother or sister who loves the military or served or is serving? Particularly if they're serving, help them out with some good coffee. Bonefrog.us. I get a lot of questions, Zach, from people who love you. And there's so many people who have just really taken to the fact that you and I are brothers and that we just visit and gab about on this on this you know Friday thing that we do together. And a lot of the questions are, okay, um, it has to be hard sometimes morally to know that there's, you know, sometimes there's a Vanguard, there's a black rock that, I mean, can you even avoid having um, interactions with those companies in, in the finance world, Zach? Not practically speaking. Um, it, it now in the case of Vanguard and BlackRock, yes, because um because they're well, I mean, BlackRock does several things, but basically everything that Vanguard or BlackRock offers, you can get somewhere else. So, like, you know, their real estate fund has been in the news lately because they're going to limit withdrawals, right? All the marks oh. that they've got on there, huh. yeah, because well, yeah, because all the marks that they have in a private equity portfolio like that, when you see that the value of that portfolio has gone up twenty percent, that's because the internal managers now they've got guidelines they have to follow, but. That's according to them. It's up twenty percent. So Vanguard sitting there, or BlackRock sitting there now, saying, "Hey, all of our marks are real. You can trust them. You just can't pull your money out, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so, so for those reasons, and just the fact that I think that there are better funds out there that are smaller and and easier to get through, and not we, satanic." We, yeah, and not satanic, right? <laughs> yeah. We 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 we've got a better fund that we use um, yeah. that that offers guaranteed liquidity and things like that. Uh, move over to Vanguard. Their big thing is ETFs. You can get those ETFs from a number of different com- companies and not get the exact same investment, basically, and not have to feed the beast. So we 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 never use Vanguard and BlackRock stuff um, out of principle, but but not because but because we don't need to. You know, um, when you get into some of these other companies and 
it gets a little more complicated. Like you and I know, and we've talked about, like explicitly, we will not be involved in anything that ha- that touches pornography in any way, that touches or even the allegation or or the possibility of it touching sexual trafficking. Yeah. But I'll have clients call about Facebook or Amazon or Microsoft, and they go, I don't agree with what they do. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you want me to buy? Right. And they go, well, companies that don't do that. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, right, if we want to get into that game, then you can't even keep your money in a checking account. Okay. Because if your money's in a checking account, it's invested in U.S. government bonds. I hate to break it to you, but the U.S. government, the U.S. government is a far bigger, uh, you know, uh, danger to our freedom and does far more immoral things than Microsoft does. Yeah. Okay. I guarantee you that. So we go down this road and pretty soon, and that's why I say on my, on my, on my show all the time. And I go, look guys, there are easy ways that we can avoid doing business with unsavory characters, but we have to draw a rational line at some, we have to be in this world, but we don't have to be of it is the Bible says, right? Right. So, so, you know, as long as a company is not actively doing something You know, like I said, if we want to start going through management and figuring out, you know, this company aided this cause, you you cross out 80 percent of the S&P 500. Um, And and my job is to manage money and keep people solvent. And so um, I just I, 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 you know, and everybody's got their line. I get it. But what people need to understand, and I think it's this is very important to your listeners to hear this as well. Guys, fraudsters come in all shape and forms. It shapes and sizes. Be aware of the people out there telling you that we're going to invest in an ethical Christian manner and we can still generate the returns. Okay. Because it, it, first of all, if you're, if, if we're, if we're meeting up that litmus test and we're investing in companies that we only agree in all the things that they participate in, your universe of investments is tiny. First of all, second of all, the fact that so many people are asking for that, I guarantee you there will be frauds saying that they can do just that. And at the end of the day, we cannot compromise our morals and our ethics, but we live in a fallen world. Um, you know, we people don't ever say that about Exxon and Chevron. They fund some of these ridiculous green energy, right? Because they're trying to do it to stay in good with with the power players as well. So. There, there, there is a lot. Then, like I said, too, if we're going to apply those metrics to Microsoft and Facebook, then you can't own CDs or have FDIC back uh, bank accounts or even own government bonds. Right. So there, there, there is a line out there um, I, for me and my my thing is I go you know, to our clients. Guys, we're not going to touch this stuff outside of that. I'm going to do whatever I think provides us a greater level of security and gives us a greater chance to to grow your wealth. Um, yeah. and that's, that's the job I'm doing, right? I'm, my clients aren't hiring me to be a culture warrior as a, the, it's, it's to invest their money in a way that doesn't violate their personal ethics, but we start getting down that granular and we're not, we're no longer playing the investment game at that point. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, and I've told a couple people this, I said, listen, we can do something like that for you, but you're going to have to sign a waiver that absolves us from any responsibility regarding the performance of your money. Yeah. And then whenever they hear that, they backtrack. <laughs> yeah. Right? That would be like the ESG game, but it would be ES- exactly ESG for a legitimately good cause. Right. Right. I have a friend of mine who is, um, he, he, they've, they've tried to age him out of Microsoft four times. 
And it's, it's, it's nuts because he has been so stellar for them. Uh, there was a time that if you wanted to do a deal in Asia or Europe, it hit my, my, my friend's desk. Okay. So he's a swinger. He, he was at that point in his career. You want a deal done. It goes across this guy's desk. Okay. That's a big deal. And then he got into disfavor. Uh, and it was this, they came to him and said, we're going to need you, um, to work for this lady. And he said, why? Because she's black. (laughs) True story. And so she's never worked in this field. And and I won't say what division, because then it could identify him. But it was a big strategic division. She's never worked in that division. She's a PR person, a DC person. She's senior. uh, But they wanted her as a diversity hire. And my friend said, so you're telling me I am basically being bumped down a level. And this lady's going to come up above me and call shots in an industry in which she's never worked. Right. I get it. She's been at the company, but she's never ever done. I won't say what level. Yes. And his team said, no, on, on his direct reports, a bunch of them said, we're lateraling out. No way. And so he got in disfavor. And so he gets pushed out and now he's got a mark. You didn't, you didn't bite the, uh, the social justice, you know, bullet. He didn't take one for the team. And so they've tried to age him out a bunch of times and he's, he can't be killed. God's with him. He's got the armor of God. He's got the sweetest possible gig. I would just tell you this. He doesn't ever have to talk to his boss. He's <laughs> true story. He produces, he, he gets his budget done. He's in a great line of work. He's getting bonuses. He never has to talk to his boss because his boss has figured out we're in a division that makes a bunch of money. No one understands. Here's my point about this. Is at the time when they were pushing him around, they said, you've got the money, right? Walk. He goes, no, I've, I've got a huge family. He does. He's got a huge family and he's a very godly man. I'm going to care for my family. And he said to me, Todd, every time they pay me, I take this money from a company that's become evil and I invest it for good. Mm-hmm. My kids are going to college. First thing, first things first, my church gets money. Second thing, second, right? My family gets money. Third thing, third, you wouldn't believe the causes I am funding with Microsoft's money, right? Yeah. And yes, yeah. I do have the money. So there's that too, that, you know, we, we have to be able to, um, we have to be able to care for the least of these. And part of that is finance because not all of us have property where we grow food. And those of us with property maybe don't grow enough food. Not all of us have access to lakes and fresh water and wells. So we have to be able to do, you know, to have the money to help others because the storm that's coming, right? And there's a storm coming, man, I think. Don't you think? I don't see any way around it. Yeah. I just, I, 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 timing of it, I don't know. But I mean, you look at what they're doing. Yeah. 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 I don't see any way around it. Yeah. So I asked you a question. I want to put this bug in the back of your mind. Um, do you remember a show called TalkNet? You're, you might be too young. I, it sounds familiar, oh but I, I'm not familiar with it. Bruce Williams was a genius. Welcome, my friends. Welcome to TalkNet. We talk, we talk through you with you about you, about your hopes, dreams, desires, about all those things that make you so incredibly special. Me? Yeah, I'm Bruce. 1-800-5800-TALK. And you'd call, Miss Bruce, how can I help you, kiddo? 
And you would listen to this radio. And the first, you know, be some call, uh, Bruce, uh, I got over leverage into a real estate deal. Here's where I'm at. I'm 80% leverage on this thing. Uh, I've got a couple of side properties. Okay, kiddo, let me slow you down. Let's talk cash flow. And so he'd solve the cash flow problem, help the guy think through it. Right, so it's not as much of a liability as you think. Let's just develop some cash flow around that. Glad I could help you, kiddo. Next call. <laughs> Hi, Bruce. Uh, I live in uh, San Antonio, Texas. We have got a family of skunks under our trailer that we rent to a couple we really like. I cannot get these custom things out of there. Every time I approach them, uh, they want to squirt me. All right, kiddo, listen to me. Do you have any tomato juice? <laughs> and, and I mean, and it's like this is before the Internet. And Bruce Williams just knew all this stuff. And he kept making this bet. Remember, the bet is on. Uh, I will take a year off this program, and I will show you that anybody can make money. All I need is a flatbed truck. By the end yep. of the year, I'll be grossing $100,000 a year with a flatbed truck. If anyone wants to take me up on it, all you need to do is put up a million dollars saying I can't do it. Me? Yeah, I'm Bruce. He finally disclosed what that plan was. Is He, was, he lived in Florida, mm-hmm. and he had all these people who were paying big, big money to have plant people come and remove plants, these huge, like really mature palm trees. And they would pay this enormous money to have the, the professional people come and move them out. And Bruce was going to say, I'm going to do it for free. I'm going to form a nonprofit that has a partnership with a for-profit. I'll come in and remove the trees for free. And I will take them and sell them to people who need these palm trees at 100% markup through the nonprofit. And I'll be making 100 grand a year. And what I will have is a flatbed truck. He finally disclosed this before he died. So I was thinking about Bruce Williams today because you're so entrepreneurial and you've been so successful. God, thank God at Bulwark. So what's the Bruce Williams thing for Zach Abraham? If you couldn't do finance, what would you do? Man, that's a good question. And I've, I've, I've played that game a little bit with myself in the past. Yeah. And, and not a lot because the, my whole, you know, coming up, I never considered anything else. Yeah. Right. Just this is all I ever wanted to do. Um, there's a, but there's a couple things. First of all, I've really enjoyed doing radio yeah. uh, way more than I thought I would. And so I'd probably try to give it a go on the on the podcast uh, circuit. And yeah. I don't I don't know if I'd be suitable on the radio for the same reasons you weren't. Well, you're you're back on the air now. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I, I have a feeling I might step on some toes. So it'd be the radio route. And then there was also another route. I, I had a client of mine that um, built about a 10 million dollar net worth uh, with like two full time employees doing conc- asphalt sealing sealing asphalt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he worked like a dog, like six months out of the year and probably worked a total of 10 to 15 hours a week, the rest of it, and was just incredibly disciplined. And that's why I was laughing when you, when you talked about the flatbed, um, the flatbed truck, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the things that I still think gives us hope in America is the fact that if you are industrious and if you are willing to get out and bust your tail, um, it is amazing the opportunities that still exist. And in a lot of ways, I think there are more than there were 10 years ago because there are less people that are willing to get their hands dirty. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, there are plenty of, op- plenty of opportunities out there. But in terms of ROI, that asphalt sealant business is pretty attractive. 
I love it. I love that you think that way. That and 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 who cares about getting your hands dirty? That's a great business. You have a friend of mine who runs a company called Johnny Tsunami, and I did ads for him in Seattle. You know what they do is they get out and they do an insane job of cleaning the exterior of your house. They do the gutters, they clean the gutters, they do all that. They pressure wash the driveway, they clean the house, and people look. They come home and they look at their house. They go, "Wow, I like coming home." Yeah, right? and they get up on the roof and they make sure there's no moss in the roof. He's made such a huge amount of money on that, and yeah. and he provides this great service. And then he's a, he loves tech, so he has his whole team now. They get these instant rewards when they do a good job. You as the customer get to say, "Hey, my technician from Johnny Tsunami did a killer job." They're driving away. Boom! They're spiffed money. He was doing oh, wow. that before Amazon Prime. Um, I, I'll tell you what I would do is I would go and um, this is playing off of a conversation I had with Michael Rourke, retired special forces guy that they go around and they test companies to be uh, if they can be compromised. So they'll go in and see, OK, we'll see if, how, how deep we can get in. And he's been a guy when he was in special forces. I forget which team, but he was special forces team. And they went and compromised a naval base um, and took the commander captive. No uh, way. True story. And the way they did that was they, they had a hyperbaric chamber there in Tacoma. And so when there were diving accidents, people went there. They stole an ambulance, special forces guy. They called in a diving accident. They come in through the gates. A bunch of special forces guys jump out, take control of the base, seize the commander. Like, hey, we got you. And, wow. and now the commander knew it was coming, so he didn't shoot him and kill him, but they did that. And I'm, I'm thinking about then another friend of mine, uh, Rob Robertson, actually calls himself Robertson. He, you know what he did, Zach, is he went to pharmaceutical companies and he, he just pushed and pushed until they met with him. And he would sit with them and say, if I, and I wouldn't work with pharma because it's, it's evil uh, for the most part. I've got some family members who do it and they, they're ethical. Um, but he went and had these meetings with me. He said, here's the deal. Um, if I can lift the conversion for your landing pages where people say, send me info on this drug, right? If I can lift it, I get to keep 50% of what I lift, of, of, of what I lift. So your conversion right now is 60%. If yeah. I can convert it to 100%, I get 50% of that. I get the resulting revenue. I get to track the leads. I get the resulting revenue. Fifth, fifth. Now that's huge money. Any and business they, would say yes. And they said, oh, yeah. oh, oh, sh- sh- sure, if you could do that. Oh, sure, if you could do that. And, and he was so lowballing them because he'd already done it. He had already nope. taken their pages. He'd already applied this technology to help make sure that there's no bounces and built this funnel. He already knew the numbers. He knew he could lift it by 400%. Jeez. And he signed these deals with these guys and they're like, oh, look at this clown. I mean, so he lifts at 20%. Who cares? Or 40%. They're coming back and they had to bring him back into the office and say, can we renegotiate this? No, <laughs> no, no. So I, I want to combine those two things. I want to combine what Mike did. If I ever did this, I would go to big companies and say, I can socially engineer my way into your, into your building. I can socially engineer my way into your, your files, into your teams. I can socially engineer anybody in your building to do something for me. And if I get it done, I get X, right? And just put a price on that. So what would it be? What would it have cost you if I actually got away with that data and put that out and then just hire people who are good talkers? Because in the way back, I was a social engineer and we used to social engineer people like, you know, I've told you the stories about how we used to steal pizza and, and God needs to forgive me for that. And we had a friend of ours um, who, you know, he, he, you know how he put himself through college. And this is awful because it's theft and thou shalt not steal. Um, he went into bank buildings in Los Angeles 
uh, with a great big truck and he had a design name painted on the side of the truck. They'd go in in these pristine white pull-ups and pull into the bank and start removing the, the furniture. And they do this on a, a Friday, the Beverly Hills Bank on a Friday at like 4.50 in the afternoon with clipboards and he'd be specifically tracking things. No, 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 not that one. Not Put that one back. Not that one. That's not going. Sorry, sorry. What are you doing? We're bringing in the new furniture. Oh, you're going to love you, it? And, and all you'd have to say is, look, I can't have time to deal with this. You got to talk to corporate. Right, right. right <laughs> you got to talk to corporate. Right, and here's the work order. And, 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 and you think about this, they're on bank cameras. And it would take forever because no one sits in those couches. No, I mean, no one's no. sitting in the in, in the Beverly Hills bank sitting on the Herman Miller couches there for a show. So he would find that it would take like a month and then someone would finally come along and go, hey, where are the couches that used to be here? Oh, they haven't brought the new ones yet. What do you mean? Well, a team came and switched them out. And by that point, the, the cameras had already overridden themselves. <laughs> did, wait, did he ever get pinched? Uh, no, he finally just realized this is bad and that what we're doing yeah. is bad and he's stealing and, and, uh, I think he's discipled now. So I need to have him go on an apology to her. I told you, I have to track down the CEO of Ticketmaster, Gordon Apker, cause we socially engineered a bunch of pizza from him. And now that the statute of limitations is over, I need to call Apker and say, here's how much pizza we stole. I've applied interest to it over the years. So it's probably a thousand bucks. What would that be? I mean, cause that was 30 years ago. If I saw, well, um, but you'd have to pay it back in pizza, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you'd have to, well, here's the other thing yeah. I'm sitting there thinking, I I'm sitting there thinking, look, I I'm, you know, father of three, I yeah. thou shalt not steal. But but there is some moral ambiguity in this here, Todd. If you're stealing from member Fed 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 member banks, FDIC insured, is that really stealing? You know what I mean? Oh, like, don't that, go there. I, I mean, I you could make the argument it's a clawback for immoral ethic, you know, <laughs> immoral actions from the government. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I yeah. Uh, if 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 the tar- if your target of theft are big Wall Street banks. Um, yeah, you shouldn't do it, but you know, I'm going to have a hard time getting too mad at you because that's their business model. Yeah. Right? I just, so, I just, I, I, I don't want to be there behind you yeah. in line yeah. on judgment day where the Lord says, can you show me here in, uh, the 10 commands where it says doubt shall not steal unless it's from wall street. Cause I'm not finding that part, Zach. And, yeah. And yeah. right. And you're going to yeah. try to pull the Fauci con. Well, I, I don't, I don't specifically, uh, recall doing that. All right. It's been a joy, brother. I don't want to take you too long. Um, big week next week, I'm sure. And we'll talk before Christmas, but always uh, to build up the Christmas. Just God bless you and your family and uh, Merry Christmas to you. Hey, you too. God bless you and yours and all the listeners as well. And uh, look forward to talking again soon. All right. This is the Todd Herman Show. Speaking of that um, and the ill-spent youth, I really am going to try to track down Gordon Apker and apologize for socially engineering pizza from Shakey's. I am. True story. I'm on, a, I'm on an apology tour. I, look, I've told you. I've apologized to people I treated in ungodly ways, women I dated. And I, never, I was never abusive. I wasn't. God saved me from that. Uh, this is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and remember that God has already told us it's going to get weird. It's not a direct quote, but God did say, these times, good is going to be bad, bad is going to be good.